This episode is supported by IRL, an original podcast from Mozilla, made for people who are into or build AI and people who develop tech policies. Listen to Mozilla IRL wherever you listen to your podcast. And welcome to The Expansive, where we explore the frontiers of personal growth, business innovation, and technology. We believe that growth and progress come from expanding our minds, exploring new possibilities, and embracing change. My name is Sean Lewitz, and you're about to listen to a moment from one of our previous episodes. As we approach the start of a new year, we thought to revisit Eric's leadership manual would help you face change in 2024. This is Eric Kruger and John Sonnet. I want people to understand that irrespective of what you're trying to do, the gap that you are trying to close, where you are trying to get to, who you are trying to become, all of that requires change. <laughs> so we often think that change is just like this big thing that happens to you, but it's actually, it is woven through the fabric of every single thing that you do. And so it really becomes mm. the ultimate skill for us to master. And not just something that we do as the world changes around us, but a skill that we know that we can apply into every situation that we find ourselves in. Most of us have good mm. intentions, but those good intentions mean nothing if we aren't actively converting that into action, into execution, and therefore into the results that we want. So what I wanted to do, um, starting out with the session, was to say, what are the different mindsets that we then need to apply that's going to help us to change? And so that's the four different chapters that, that you spoke about. And they're just ways of thinking about change uh, that might in some way uh, create a bit of a hook for you that might give you a different lens or filter that makes it easier for you to change. So the very first one is transformation through accretion. Now, we all want the outcomes. We all want the transformation. We all want to uh, skip to the end. But what we realize is that it's all about the process. And if we can focus our minds on the process instead of the outcome, it's a bit of a cliche thing to say, but it, it makes a tremendous difference in how we approach change. And it was really driven home for me last year in spades because I was having many, many conversations with leaders, with teams, and we were talking about the incredible performance they've had for the year. And their biggest anxiety was around this idea that next year they have to replicate it. Next year they have to be able to do the same thing. And when that, when that becomes your focal point, all it can do is create anxiety because all you're worried about is, will I be able to duplicate what I did this year? Will I be able to do the same thing? And the thing that sets you free from that anxiety is to say, it's not about the outcome. It's about the process. It's about what can I do today that's going to help me ultimately achieve that transformation, achieve that outcome. But I'm not, my gaze isn't in the future. My gaze is on what I'm doing today. And so many, many years ago, like 2014, 2015, I wrote about this idea of accretion. And it's funny, like till today, I have people coming up to me saying to me, like, that was the thing that you know, got them hooked to my content or that was the thing that changed their lives for them. And it's not a new concept. It's just a great word to use. So accretion has its uh, origin in astrophysics. I think actually, you know, um, the first keynote that you ever listened to me 
where you, or that you ever was attended about was about accretion. It was Monte Cassino. Monte Cassino, yes. Yeah. Yes, I remember, I remember that. it well. I remember that. It blew me away because um, you also spoke about um, uh, uh, the guy from Narcos. The yes. guy who sold cocaine. Yes. He uses accretion yes. as well. <laughs> so did Gandhi. I think he used like of really good people and really bad people. They all used accretion. It's almost like neutral <laughs> in, its, in its energy process. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so accretion has its origin in astrophysics. And what it says is that, uh, and I'm, I'm kind of playing around with the concept here, but it says that when you look up to space, somewhere there's a piece of rubble or rock floating around. And what's going to happen is over millions and millions of years, there are going to be smaller particles that bump into this rock and stick to it through a gravitational pull and as it gets bigger and bigger, it can pull bigger and bigger things into its orbit. And so over time, it just adds more and more rock. And eventually, the small rock becomes a big rock, becomes a planet. And so when you think of it like that, this process of accumulation, you also realize that we are accumulating every single day. And what we are accumulating is we are accumulating our decisions. We are accumulating our actions and ultimately, it's the accumulation of these actions and accumulation of decisions that will give us the life that we have, the business that we have. So it's not a new concept. We've heard about this idea of compound interest many, many times, for example. But I think the lens of accretion is um, incredibly powerful. And I, I don't know, personally, I really just like the way that the word sounds. So in, in Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, um, he kind of further perpetuates us. He says that when you look at a, so Good to Great was one of these books where they, they looked at the, uh, at a bunch of different businesses and they wanted to see which businesses made the leap from like just doing okay to being sustainable and competitive over a very, very long time. And what they found was that, or what he says in the book is that when you look at a Good to Great transformation, there's no single defining action. There's no grand program. There's no single killer innovation. There's no solitary lucky break. There's no miracle moment. It's all about the process of accumulation. And so what you accumulate matters. One of my favorite quotes from the book comes from a guy called Todd Henry. Um, so, and I mentioned this in the manual as well. He wrote a book called Die Empty. And the quote says, I still remember this to this day. You know, it, it's like seared into my mind. It says, oh, by the way, I, I did a talk once and I, I mentioned that as well. I said, this quote has been seared into my mind. And the next moment, blank, gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, my you mind is just empty. Happens. Empty. My mind is empty. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Oh, so the quote horrible. goes, yeah, geez, that was, and I didn't have notes with me or anything for the day. So what the quote did you just goes. Make up a quote. What did you bring up? Nelson Mandela quote. No, it came back. I, I was like, okay, oh, I forgot. It. Thank goodness. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> so the quote goes: No one charts a course to mediocrity, yet it's a destination of choice. It's chosen in small ways over time. Yes. And these tiny, seemingly inconsequential decisions accumulate, mm. and eventually result in a state of crisis. Mm. Power, hey? Oof. I used That's to use that power. years ago before the pod. I used sure. to use that actually in one of my talks. Wow, it's a beautiful quote, eh? That's incredible. Mm. So, so we realize that everything is about accretion. Everything mm. is about the process of accumulation. And it's this process mm. of accumulation that will give you the transformation. But focusing on the accumulation gives you a bit of 
peace of mind because she realized that if I can just go through the day accumulating good things, then over time, I'll get to the point where my transformation is also good, right? And But it's, it's quite key to understand that accretion has no bias to what you were saying earlier, yes. that it doesn't care about what you feed into the process. Because, and in the talk, I actually had Ingvar Kamprad, who is the founder of IKEA and Pablo Escobar. Right, right. And you look at them and they both accomplished Big feats, right? Yeah. Even Pablo. I mean, at some point he was, on, I think, on the Forbes top yes. 10 richest yeah. in the world, yeah. right? And, uh, and was probably comfort, obviously in cash. responsible for the empire. The only one in cash. In, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in in, 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 in cash. solid cash, yeah. And I mean, you, you look at the documentary and they had literally had to go and bury cash in, yeah, in the still can't fields find it. because he had yeah. so much of it. Yeah. Still can't find it. Yeah. So, but anyway, so what it shows you is that Accretion has a bias. It doesn't care what you feed into the process. It'll just give it back to you. So mm. you feed into it uh, negative actions, destructive behaviors. It accumulates all of that and it leads you to mm. disaster, to mm. catastrophe. Mm. Uh, Ingvar Kamp, uh, Pablo Escobar starts off um, stealing graves, uh, gravestones, uh, tombstones, and then selling them off. Then he moves into drugs. Then he becomes the He's quality guy. Quality to guy. This, that's a, that's a guy you want to take home and introduce cocaine. to your parents. Yeah. You know, <laughs> tombstones. I mean, could you go lower? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, so, process I think, of accretion, yeah, just yeah. in the wrong direction. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> not not according to him. According to according to the world. Not according to uh, him, yeah. and not according to the millions of people that use and, this cocaine in America. So. Um, look, one of the things I want to comment on this is, is, you know, we live in the economy of focus and the economy of focus is about where you put your focus is what you put energy into. And most people are focused into their past and into the present, not into what they want to create in the future. And this is a Dr. Joe quote. It says, are you living a life based on the memories of your past? Or are you living a life based on the vision of your future? And when your accretion mm. on a daily basis is fragile and not well-trained and unfit, you're focused on past negativity, uh, the critical voice in your head, and you seem to be on a treadmill going nowhere. And it's because your focus is on the past and on the now, not on the possible future. And, you know, agile optimism, agility and optimism on your behavior towards where you're going rather than where you've come from is an unbelievable skill that is you need to practice on a daily moment by moment mm. because, you know, as much as you and I talk about it, we get caught up in going down a, a stream sure. of, of, of accretion towards the negative and towards the past. So I love mm. your first point. And just to close off this point, you know, in, uh, in Costa Rica and in Mexico, I met a lot of American friends and, you know, they say a few different words differently to us and they love our accent and I love their accent. But one of the words they use is process, not process, but process. Mm. And I, it, yeah. it came to, it came to really realize that patience and the understanding that life is a process and every aspect that we are doing, every project we're involved in, the podcast we're working on, our own brands, businesses, whatever, relationships, it's a process. And we get, we get despondent because we want things done quicker and we then go into negativity mm. because they haven't happened quick enough. And I think the elegance of the process of accretion is by far so important. That's why I think it's number one for you. It's because this is really by far one of the most important things. And every time I get caught up being impatient, I have a joke with myself, John, it's a process. 
Just remember, it's a process. Mm. You're going through the bits, bit by bit, bit by bit. So thank you. First one, point taken, accretion. We're going to go sell cocaine now, like Narcos, in a process of accretion. Is that the point you were making? <laughs> Is that what you said? Let's exactly go. the point. Exactly. I'm glad you took that away from the manual. <laughs> Did you? There's an asterisk here on your manual. Co- co- cocaine from Colombia. <laughs> All right, cool. So number two is that we have to change for today and not for tomorrow. So when we try to get people to change, which already is like a, a, a tricky thing to do because we can't really get people to change, but when we try to get people to change, what we often resort to is we try and talk to them about the future. And we try and say, you have to be very careful because if you don't reskill today, you're going to be irrelevant tomorrow. If you don't get like the hang of chat GPT, then you're going to be without a job. And so what we do is we try and use fear as a motivator saying like, listen, at some point in the future, things are going to fall apart. You better change. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. There was a study that was done. And I mean, I've, I've, apart from my own practical experience of seeing this, there was a study done where they, uh, they took a bunch of at-risk heart patients. So patients who were at risk of having a heart attack and they were high risk. And they said to them, listen, obviously we can all see where this is heading but let's intervene. So we know what the outcome of this is going to be if you don't change. Here's how to change. Uh, so diet, exercise. Um, here's why you should change. Apart from the fact that you're like, this is not going to end well for you. It's also not going to end well for your family and your friends and the people that love you and care about you. So these people had everything that they needed to change. There was nothing lacking. Yet when they followed up a few months later and they looked at who actually changed, they found that one in seven people changed. Ah, wow. One in seven. Yeah. That means 14% of those people changed. Wow. And it's, it's crazy to think about that because mm. what more could they have done for them? What more did they need? They had absolute clarity on what to do. They had all the urgency in the world. I mean, you couldn't have higher stakes in your own life. And yet they didn't change. Yeah. And so we think that like saying to people, oh, you're going to be irrelevant in, in your corporate life or you're not going to be without a job, that that's going to get them to change? Definitely yeah. not. Yeah. And so what, what we realized though is that we have a choice, all of us. And that choice is you can either change or you will be changed. And waiting for catastrophe is not the best game plan. But that's what we do is we know we should do something today but it's easier not to, but you will do it the day that catastrophe strikes, the day that the heart attack lands, the day that you are without a job, that's when you start doing something. But we don't need to wait for that. All we need to do is we need to get people moving. So I think we can worry less about the motivation. That's actually what this is about. And more about the practice of change. And the way that I approach it in the book is actually just saying, I didn't even mention this explicitly in the book, but I said, um, what we should do is, get people to start improving their average day. And so when I say average day, I just mean we all have a very typical routine type of day, you know, like most of our days look quite similar, but what if you could just start slowly, but surely through the process of accretion again, improving something about your day. So every day, like there's just like a a little bit of change that you're getting into. And maybe it is uh, the way that you're training. Maybe it's like engaging with new AI tools, maybe, Who knows? It's trying something new in your day. And what you're doing in that process then is that you're slowly but surely just elevating what your average day looks like. And 
if your average day is 50% better next year than it is today, then guess what's going to happen to your life? You know, there's going to be a major improvement. But the thing is, what's actually happening is that we're focusing on improve your your average day, but the underlying premise and principle is you are practicing change. That's actually what's happening. And by you practicing change, when change comes, you are good at changing. So it's a very sneaky way of kind of introducing this idea that I'm just always in the process. I'm just always changing. I'm just always practicing change. And therefore, whenever something big and new comes around, it doesn't scare me because I'm just going to practice change in that area of my life as well. What do you think about that? Well, what do you think? Let us know via socials. We're up and running on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. The links to all of which you'll find in the show notes. For much more like this, remember to subscribe to The Expansive today. While you're doing that, please leave us a five-star review. You can also listen to John's response to the question in the full episode titled Eric's Leadership Manual. Do it right now. Until the next time, stay expansive. Expansive.